0: It's officially ice cream season in Central New York, and the locally owned and operated Carvel in North Syracuse welcomes you to come in and grab their bunny and egg-shaped cakes along with a four-pack of hip-hop bunnies. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel is open seven days a week. Brewerton Road, North Syracuse, America's favorite since 1934, and open Easter Sunday. So go get your bunny and egg cakes or those four-packs of hip-hop bunnies. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter.
1: The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. You can hit me on Twitter at @mike l sports and be sure to like our facebook page and follow on instagram as well under ml sports platter. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, our good friends at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, Camilla's Golf Club and the Allen Angus Pub, home of the best star in Angus burger in town before and after all the big events in Central New York. Make sure you stop by for not just an Angus burger, but they have wraps, homemade soups, incredible entrees and more. They can also cater your business lunch. And uh, Allen Angus Pub also has some gift cards for the best occasions upcoming, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, graduation, you name it. Allen Angus Pub, the place to be before and after all the big events serving Central New York since 2005. A tip of the cap thank you as well to Bowers & Company CPAs, Ken's Auto Detailing, and the Swan & Whitaker families for their support of the program as well. Well, it's baseball season. Who knew? I am still stunned that they... Uh, got a deal uh, deal in place, and uh, the games have been going on, and eh, we're underway, uh, but we're going to kind of forecast things a little bit deeper than the first week of April, you know, a little bit deeper than the first couple of games that you've seen, as this is... Um you know, a podcast that's kind of for the long haul, not the short haul. And let's do that with Major League Baseball reporter for the Southern California News Group, J.P. Hornstra. He's also a BBWAA member and an author of the 50 Greatest Dodger Games of All Time. Make sure you go get that online where books are sold and major bookstores. You can get them on Twitter at J.P. Hornstra. That's at J.P. H-O-O-R-N-S-T-R-A. J.P., what's up, bud?
0: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm great. Um, the Dodgers this year, um, you know, give me kind of, you know, what you like most, what you like least, and everything in between. Forecast these guys a little bit. Obviously, the lineup is going to be ridiculous, as always.
0: Best lineup I've seen from this team in the 10 years I've been covering this, if everybody's helped. Um, and they are a little bit older, so that's somewhat of a big if, but I really like the depth on the position player side. And I'm not too worried about them getting offense. Um, pitching is a little bit different picture. I, I like the top of the rotation. Walker Bueller is arguably as good of a number one in the National League as any other team. Um, Julio Arias, not too much of a drop-off to number two. And Clayton Kershaw decided to come back, and if he's your number three. Man, and you're doing pretty good. Uh, after that, rotation gets a little bit interesting. You'll, you'll see Tony Gonsolin, Andrew Edis, and Tyler Anderson. In the ninth inning this year, you're going to see Craig Kimbrell just came over from the White Sox. That's a a pretty good closer there with a very proven track record in the ninth inning. So uh, It's it's a good bullpen at the end. It's a good starting rotation at the top. Um, I think the offense will allow them to make up for whatever they're missing in the middle there.
1: How does the lineup look to you 1-9? to nine? You know, With the addition of Freddie Freeman, the guys they already have, you've got Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Mookie Betts, Bellinger, Muncie, Lux, all these guys, Will Smith. I mean, this lineup is just absurd. How do you think Dave Roberts will manage that 1-9? to nine? Yeah, I mean, look, I think you're going to
0: see a lot of different lineups this year. I think you're going to see a lot of different configurations. I think most of them are going to look good. I mean, as far as we know, You're going to see Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner batting in that order most nights, um, at least at the outset. Now, that could get different. That could change depending on the matchups, depending on health, depending on a lot of the other variables that just sort of enter into play over a 162-game season. You know, after that, I think you're going to see a lot of Will Smith in the middle of the lineup. He's kind of a question mark coming back from the elbow injury, not in terms of his ability to play, but just in terms of his ability to hit for power. Um, big left elbow injury. I think if it was on his right elbow, you would have seen him have Tommy John in the offseason. Um, they're going to let him work through it. And if Max Muncy isn't in the middle of the order, uh, they can slide him down and maybe slide somebody like Justin Turner up into the number four or five slot. Um, Cody Bellinger's another big question mark. Who's he, who's he going to be this year? Is he going to be the 2019 MVP, or is he going to be the guy who struggled to hit his weight last year? So There are some question marks as you go down the order, um, but the Dodgers certainly have the depth to space out some of their studs, like that's Turner, Freeman, guys who uh, have really been among the most valuable position players in the league the last few years.
1: How did the Dodgers ultimately land Freddie Freeman? Like Were they in it from the beginning? Uh, I mean, I know the nuts and bolts in terms of the contract compared to to Atlanta, um, not offering him anything, um, but just... How early were they in it? How did they eventually cement it and get it done? T- take take us through the the timeline of that, JP.
0: Yeah, uh, the Dodgers, you know, like every team, were really handicapped by the lockout, so there wasn't much activity on that front before uh, what was it, December second? Yeah. But you know that's not necessarily unusual this year. Um, if you think about the normal case of an off season, the winter meetings is a lot of time. A lot of the time, when some of those talks will pick up, and there weren't any winter meetings. So the Dodgers didn't really start to make any headway on Freeman until after the lockout ended. And really at that point, the Braves were out of the ring, surprisingly. Um, After after the lockout lifted, um, it was really the Dodgers and (laughs) Freddie Freeman's agent trying to rally some other teams to try to match what the Dodgers were putting on the table to try to create some competition in that market. And obviously Freeman got a very strong contract, uh, especially for a player of his age. Um, Which just shows that the Dodgers were serious once they knew that the Braves were out of the running, which, uh, again, I I think a lot of teams, a lot of uh, people, at least on the outside, were caught by surprise by the Braves' lack of interest there. Uh, But the Dodgers certainly weren't. They they have a very aggressive front office that's always monitoring the market, and uh, when that opportunity opened up, they were ready to pounce.
1: Talking some Dodger baseball and Major League Baseball with the MLB reporter for the Southern California News Group, BBWAA member. It's our buddy J.P. Hornstra. You can get him on Twitter, at J.P. Hornstra and pick up his book online where books are sold as well. He's the author of the 50 greatest Dodger games of all time. Um, Trey Turner, he is a speed demon. Uh, He's a really, really good dude. I remember watching him uh, when he was playing minor league baseball in Syracuse uh, for the Chiefs. Um, you know, when they were a Washington Nationals uh, affiliate partner. And, you know, Turner, I just always liked him. I I interviewed him early when he was uh, in the minor leagues. I just think he brings so much to the table. What what do the Dodgers like most about Trey Turner?
0: Uh, Well, speaking selfishly, I like him too. He was one of the more friendly interview, more accommodating interview subjects. um, When access was limited to the media uh, last season, and and Turner, if I saw him on the field, I knew I could go up to him and Uh, So, uh, I'm biased there, but I'm going to say the Dodgers like his personality. Um, (laughs) uh, From a baseball standpoint, the Dodgers like that he can play shortstop. They like that when they traded for him last year, he was willing to move to second base when Corey Seager was banning shortstop, and that when Seager left as a free agent, they could just slide him over to his natural position and, frankly, get a rangier shortstop than Corey Seager had given them the past few years. Um, I, I, I... it's really easy to get um, enamored with his offense, the speed element, uh, the ability to hit for average, leading the National League in batting average last year. A little bit of power, too. Uh, but I think, honestly, his defense is probably just as meaningful to this group as anything. You know, the left side of the Dodgers infield last year was not the strongest. Um, Justin Turner's getting up there in years. His range isn't what it used to be. Factoring Corey Seeger whose range was never excellent, uh, but it started to diminish somewhat. And, and you really could use a rangy shortstop like Trey Turner. We'll be able to get to balls that I don't think the Dodgers fans are used to seeing Corey Seeker get to the past few years.
1: That's kind of what I'm interested to see. Once you get past the big boys, I mean, the really big boys, right? Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, uh, Justin Turner, Freddie Freeman. Who's the next best player after the elite group of guys? Who's the next best one? Is it Turner? Is it somebody else? Is it uh, Muncie? Is it Lux? Will Smith? Who you got? That's a great question. There, uh, you, you rattled off the names.
0: Um, I think Cody Bellinger has the potential to be that guy if he gets his swing right. Um, when you think about what he brings as far as offense, defense, speed on the bases, um, in terms of raw tools, he has the potential to be really a top-ten player in Major League Baseball. Um, he just hasn't been that guy for a couple years. I think right now I'm, I'm really tempted to go with Will Smith. You know, I, It might be Muncie in a different year when, when his elbow is not a question mark. But right now, I think about what Will Smith brings offensively from the catcher position. Um, the fact that the Dodgers have won a World Series now with him as their primary catcher really kind of answered some of the doubts about his receiving game, his ability to handle a pitching staff. And I'm really excited to see what uh, Will Smith can do now that he's really entering his prime. Uh, catchers tend to take a little bit longer to develop. And I think you're going to see a better Will Smith, uh, more all-around Will Smith than you've seen uh really the past few years um when he was still coming into his own as a catcher, a position he did not really play much in college. Now you're gonna see Will Smith really kind of ascend to that that I don't want to say upper echelon, but certainly that echelon behind the former MVPs that you rattled off right there.
1: What does the bullpen look like for this team?
0: Uh it's it's a mix and match, you know. Um Craig Kimbrell is gonna have the ninth inning. Um we know that much. Blake Trine is going to be the sort of fireman coming into the high-leverage situation prior to the ninth inning. Um, if and when Dave Roberts needs him to get probably the best hitters on the opposing team out in, in any other situation out of the bullpen. And after that, you know, it's it's really a hodgepodge of guys. You know, there's veteran names like Daniel Hudson is in there, Tommy Canely is in there, uh, some young guys like Bruce dark Gratterol. Can touch 100 miles per hour on the radar gun, but really didn't have much of a repertoire outside of the, that, that power fastball slider up until late last season when he really started to come into his own. He's another guy you'll see in high-leverage situations. And Alex Vesia was the team's best left-handed pitcher last season. Um, he might reprise that role this year. Of course, David Price is in the bullpen as well. Uh, the Dodgers went out and got Tyler Anderson. Um, if he isn't in the starting rotation, you'll see him in the bullpen as well probably more of a long man. He's never really relieved in his life, so I couldn't tell you what role he's going to occupy. Um, but it's it's a largely new group in that sense. You know, without Kenley Jansen, who had been manning the ninth inning for most of the last decade, it's going to be a new-look bullpen. And uh, with Blake Trinan sort of roaming around prior to Craig Kimbrell in the ninth inning, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure what situations you're going to see guys in. Um, a lot of question marks, but also a lot of names who have proven themselves as high-leverage relievers in the past.
1: So Dave Roberts has obviously been the manager um, for L.A. here, goodness, since 2016 already. Um, You know, the Dodgers had won uh, division titles in 15, 14, and 13 before he arrived, so they were already sort of an NL West juggernaut, no question. If you loop in those years with the Dave Roberts years, um, this is a team that has eight division championships. They've got, uh, you know, a a wild-card berth. They have uh, how many pennants? One, two, three pennants, and they have one World Series title. For the amount of money and the amount of resources that the Dodgers you know, have and the amount of expectations and the amount of star power and the amount of savviness in the front office with Andrew Friedman and company and the amount of trades and great deals and the great minor league system they have, I mean, they've got it all going on. Do you think what they've accomplished is enough? When you look at their... Trophy case, do they have enough for all of those things I just mentioned?
0: Well, uh, who is really as the subject of this, right? I, I think for Dave Roberts, who had never managed um, outside of one sort of interim game for the Padres in his life, yeah, it's enough. This is his first managerial gig. He gets to take the reins of this team and he takes them to a World Series. That's enough. I, I think for Clayton Kershaw, um, who have been waiting throughout an illustrious career up until 2020 to win a World Series, yeah, absolutely, it's enough. But I think about guys who, you know, on the 2017 team, for example, 2017 team who really got cheated out of a World Series title by the Houston Astros, guys like Hugh Darvish, guys like Rich Hill, guys like Yvonne Grandal, who weren't Dodgers in 2020, uh, is it enough for them? Eh, Probably not, you know? They they probably left Los Angeles uh, short of expectations. Uh, But I think for Andrew Friedman, who had been waiting um, for so long in Tampa Bay, got really close there that one year, lost to the Phillies, came to Los Angeles hoping to win a World Series, finally got there in 2020, and really when we think about what has allowed the Dodgers to sustain their dominance, uh, I think it really does start with Andrew Friedman and Stan Kasten. Um, For those guys, it's definitely enough. Um, This is unprecedented in the history of the franchise, uh, this degree of success as long as they've had it. Um, And to culminate it with a World Series in 2020, I I think for those guys, it's enough, too.
1: I got a couple more quick ones, real quick. Two more. Outside of the Dodgers, take me through some of the other Major League Baseball storylines, things, um, you know, what's jumping off the page at you. Uh, Jackie Robinson day is coming up, right? I mean, by goodness, I can't imagine. I can't imagine no baseball, you know, (laughs) if they hadn't figured out this lockout situation Uh, on Jackie Robinson Day, the 75th anniversary. Uh, Take me through uh, some of the things that are are jumping off the page for you this year in Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, I mean, number one, you named it. We're fortunate to have a season. It's going to be 162 games starting reasonably on time. Um, You know, in the National League West, I'll start there, you saw the Giants win 107 games almost out of nowhere last year, Mm -hmm. and wondering what they're going to be without Buster Posey. You know, arguably the heart and soul of that team, um, certainly what he meant for the lineup and for the pitching staff. How much of an impact is that going to be? How many games can the Giants win without him? That's going to be a big question I'm looking at. I, I really don't know what to expect from that team this year. And They were the best regular season team in baseball last year. Let's not overlook them. Um, you know, we saw some big trades. We saw some big off-season moves. We saw Max Scherzer going to the Mets. Um, we saw... You know, we saw Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers, obviously. We saw that Craig Kimbrel trade. We got a lot of new faces in new places. Um, I'm wondering how some of those moves are going to play out. Um, yeah, just all across the league, I'm going to need my scorecard, man, just to, to some <laughs> of the changes because it seemed like they really came fast and furious. At the yeah, no um, doubt. And then just overall, I'm, I'm interested to see what this extra playoff round does. You know, how does that change? Executives' behavior going into the trade deadline. Are, are we going to see more buyers um, potentially knowing that there is a wildcard playoff berth at stake, even if it's just for a best of three series? You know, that's a real crapshoot. Um, I'm interested to see how that goes, and I'm interested to see some of the rule changes that came along with the lockout. Um, we don't even know if there's going to be an international draft and have to wait a few months to see on that. So there are still some things up in the air coming
1: out of that lockout. Sure, that, how they're going to play? I'm interested to see. Final thing: Why don't you take a couple minutes to highlight your book? I, I know it's been out for what seven, six, seven years now, uh, but still available online where books are sold. The 50 Greatest Games of All Time. And you know, when you look at a franchise like the Dodgers or the Yankees, um, you, you know the the book. It just the games just flow right at you, and then you just. It, it it's not hard to know all the games. It's hard to you know. It's hard to rank them, right? It's hard to place them uh, in terms of importance and, and all the rest. Uh, guide us through this book and um, and uh, what what you know you hope to accomplish with this thing.
0: Right. Well, like you said, there are some teams that it would be difficult to maybe identify fifty truly great historic games for. But the Dodgers, they've been in the National League since eighteen ninety, and so even though it's missing the last six years. You know, we're going back to literally the 19th century to identify the best games in, in the history of this franchise. So, if you're a Dodger fan and you don't have the book, please go out and get it. You're going to learn something. You're, you're going to learn something about this team and this franchise and the people who played for it that you didn't know. Guarantee you that much. I think maybe the most surprising thing for me in writing it was the great games that the Dodgers took part in that they were the opponent in. Uh, maybe they weren't on the winning end. Like, for example, Hank Aaron. It is record-breaking home run against the Dodgers. That is in the book. Of course, Kirk Gibson's home run to uh, to win Game 1 of the 88 World Series is in there. Of course, Jackie Robinson's debut. Good time to bring it up. Um, That's in there. Um, I won't tell you where. I won't spoil the order. Uh, But you're going to get in-depth coverage of some games that you probably knew about, but you didn't know everything about. And I think more than anything, you're going to learn some things about some games that you didn't realize, just how cool how interesting or how historically significant
1: they were. Terrific. Major League Baseball reporter for the uh, Southern California News Group, a BBWAA member, and make sure you get his book, The 50 Greatest Dodger Games of All Time, online where books are sold and major bookstores. He is J.P. Hornstra on Twitter, at J.P. Hornstra. J.P., this was terrific. Thank you so much. Enjoy the season, my man. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Anytime. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Burn Dairy, Rosie's Corner, Brewerton Ace Hardware, and Ken's Auto Detailing. If you're in and around central New York, make sure you bring... Your car over to Ken's Auto Detailing. The place is absolutely fantastic. Uh, When you literally drive away from the parking lot, you feel like you have a brand new car. The inside and outside detail, they offer the chrome, you name it, wax and wash. It's the best detail you'll get around town. Ken's Auto Detailing, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. We are also brought to you in part by Bet Online. Hey, if you're looking to wager on the big games... In sports, it's very simple. Head on over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. To get started, bet online remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet online where the game starts. Unbelievable conversation with JP Hornstra. And, you know, I just. The Dodgers, they have one of these rosters where you just you you go up and down and up and down and up, and you try to find a hole, right? It's like, where's the hole on this team? Where's the hole? And I think maybe the couple of holes for me would be, you know, certainly in the pitching rotation, um, you know, and again, Trevor Bauer and all that whole situation, you know, they probably thought he was going to be there, you know, back at this point. Um, but, you know, Max Scherzer not there, so now you're kind of bumping people, bumping people, bumping people, but Walker Buehler's still pretty much an ace, and then you've got Julio Arias. Um, you know, they're good at the one-two. Uh, this season might very well come down to the three to five in the pitching rotation, and, you know, certainly the back end of the bullpen. Um, you know, h- how much does Craig Kimbrell have left in the tank? Um, he's... He's only 33 years old, but you know some signs recently of a little bit of wear and tear. Um, back end of the bullpen, more in my opinion, about the setup people to Craig Kimbrel, not necessarily your middle, you know, middle bridge guys, but your 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 setup guys to get to uh, Craig Kimbrel. So um, should be fascinating stuff. But man, when you look around, I mean, they got four or five MVPs on this team between you know Freddie Freeman, the Turners, you know. Uh, uh, Betts and Bellinger if he can get a swing uh, you know, corrected as JP had alluded to. Uh, they've got speed. They've got power. They hurt you from both sides. Um, the Dodgers are going to be really, really hard to beat. And I'll tell you this much. I don't expect the Giants to do anywhere near what they did last year in terms of coming out of nowhere. The expectations there will be high. They've lost big pieces. I think it's going to be tough for the Giants. I think the Dodgers are going to roll in the division. I, I would expect you know, a double-digit uh, division win uh, for them, double digit uh, games for sure. Um, thanks for listening. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Big time. Thanks again to JP Hornstra. Uh, you can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and be sure to be on the lookout for all of my ML Sports takes across all the social channels like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, IGTV, Instagram, and TikTok. A uh, bunch of videos going up on a daily basis. We are brought to you by your State Farm agent, Matt Graham, Burton Ace Hardware, Carvel of North Syracuse, and our good friends at Bowers & Company CPAs. For all of your certified public accounting needs, go ahead and log on to bcpllc.com. That's bcplc.com. Bowers & Company CPAs, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.